um, service project for the homeless. We also make our uh, the treat sacks for the kids. We do, uh, let's see, something else. There's something else that they, the kids program. There we go. So the kids program is the 17th. So that all happens the Sunday before. And then on Christmas Eve, I'll say this again, Christmas Eve, we just have one service in the evening. So that's a, it's on a Sunday, Christmas Eve, but there will not be a 10 a.m. service. You can come here, just no one else will be here. So you're welcome to come. But then on the 24th, that evening at 5 o'clock, we're going to have our usual candlelight Christmas Eve service. So we're looking forward to that. So we got, got a couple weeks. We're talking about coming home, and we're getting ready. This is kind of the best time of the year. This is my favorite time of the year, Christmas. How many of it, Christmas, favorite time of year? I think Christmas is awesome, right? Starbucks now has the red coffee cups. You get to put your Christmas ornaments on the tree. At least you get your kids to do that once you have enough kids. That's why you have kids, so you don't have to do that. You get to put your Christmas lights on, and the music is going, and uh, you socially totally acceptable to watch Elf more than one time. Like, this is, this, is a, this is the best time of the year. You can't do that around Thanksgiving. I mean, that's just weird, but it's okay at Christmas time as we get ready with all the things that are coming. So there's this sense of anticipation. And historically, when you look at the church, this is the season of Advent. So I think my next slide has that on there. Advent simply means coming. And Advent is this word that's saying, okay, we're getting ready for Jesus coming. And as we look at it, we're all looking forward to Christmas. So when I ask the kids about Advent calendars, I love Advent calendars. We always have like three or four of them. So this is something we look forward to. You're looking forward towards Christmas. But historically, Advent is more about Jesus' second coming. Did you know that? These are connected. So it's not so much Jesus coming in the manger, but it's this idea of Jesus coming back in judgment. So historically, churches, when they would go through Advent, they would be getting ready. I'll give you an example of one of my favorite hymns, Joy to the World. How many of you like Joy to the World? Joy to the world. Because like, everyone has memories that connected with it. So I've got memories that are connected. I'm sure I've told you. But when we went to a church that had 1,500 people, it was pretty big, and they had two Christmas Eve services, and it depended on your A, a through L and M through Z. And I was always M through Z. So it, it would flip every year. In the evening service, you'd get down, and then you'd go down to the secret sanctum when it was done. But the song we would sing as we left the service every single year, and my family opened presents after this because my brother's birthday is Christmas so we would just, I would be just giddy to go open my $25 worth of presents at my house but I would go down down the stairs and uh, we would always sing on the way out joy to the world every single time so now just think about that song you're thinking wow that's that's one of my favorite Christmas hymns but let's just go through the words here joy to the world the Lord has come let earth receive her king let every heart prepare him room let heaven and nature sing do you hear any Bethlehem stuff or mangers? Or, there, there really is nothing in the whole song. If you listen to that song, it's really about Jesus' second coming. Did you know that? I'd hope that doesn't spoil it for you. I, mean, it's still, I still have joy when I sing it, and we'll sing it again this Christmas. It'll be the last song, I think, just because besides Silent Night, it'll be the last song because the memories of going downstairs and the, the ladies we put together, I've told you apples and popcorn balls and peanuts, like the greatest combination that you could have, so everything tastes like peanuts, so I appreciate that. So this is like a magical time um, when no one had allergies. This was a magical time of the year that it's, the world has changed. So this is what we look forward to. In, in Advent, this is what we do. And the, one of the texts that we look at is in Matthew 24, talking about how do we prepare for Christ's coming. So we got a couple examples. One really strange verse, then a couple examples from Jesus. And then we're going to just get to, like, how do, we, how do we prepare for Christ's coming home? So this is in Matthew 24, about that day or hour no one knows. And you're like, okay, I get that. Not even the angels, okay, in heaven, nor the sun. Is that a little bit confusing? Yeah, I have no answer for that. I wish I did. And the best I can say is that Jesus, in, he's true God and true man, 
And when he is just exhibiting his attributes as a human being, he lays aside, like he doesn't know all things at all times, apparently. And as true man, he does not know when the end of the world is going to come. Is that confusing? It's totally confusing to me, because if you knew it, you can't forget it, right? Like, um, don't think about pink elephants. How'd that work? Right. If some of you resisted, you are a true Zen master. <laughs> like you, you, you have to give me mind lessons or something, but you can't do it, right? You can't unsee some things, right? There's some things you just can't unsee. Like I just saw the movie, um, just clips of it. Uh, there's a new movie coming out, and I haven't seen it, so this is not an endorsement of this movie. But there's a, room, there's a, a movie called The Room. I was fascinated by this. Has anyone seen The Room? Not The Room like the scary one, but this is The Room... There's a guy from a mysterious place. No one knows where he's actually from. He's from Europe. He stars in it with his friend. They spent like $5 million of their own money, and it is the worst movie of all time. Like, they just have the best. Just, just look at, like, the best of the room. Unbelievable, like, how terrible the acting is. And, and so this movie was so bad that the opening weekend, he made $1,800 on it. At a theater, he had to rent but it is actually so bad that it became a cult favorite. And so now people are going to see The Room just because it's so terrible. And now it's like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like people are filling this interactive audience to watch how bad this movie is. And the guy is actually over like 10 plus years made his money back. So he made like the worst movie ever, not on purpose. And it's so bad they actually made another movie about it called The Disaster Artist with uh, James Franco who stars as the guy pretending to go through the process of making this movie. But some things you can't unsee. That's what that was for. <laughs> Way to stay in track, Jared. Okay, here we go. Um, so we've got a couple examples here, as in the days of Noah. So when you think of the, the Old Testament, we think of God fulfilling his promises fairly quickly, and we know when Christmas has come, there's kind of a long time out. But for the Old Testament people, it felt like the, the promise of the Savior was so far out. In fact, it's thousands of years. And if you think about this, the first fall into sin with Adam and Eve it is thousands of years, so we have all the people you can think of in the Bible, Noah and Abraham and Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, David, Solomon, um, Ezekiel, you know, like all these guys live knowing that the Savior never came in their lifetime. They're all looking forward to this day to come. They're all looking forward to it, and so now Jesus gives a couple examples about uh, what's to come. So as in the days of Noah, uh, it will be for the coming of the Son of Man. For the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they all knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be for the coming of the Son of Man. So what is the point here? The point is that people just went about their business. And, and Noah is saying there is destruction that's going to come. Do you know how long in advance God gave Noah to build the ark? If you, it, it, it's a little bit tricky to figure out, but it seems there's 120 years which is kind of like the long game, isn't it? If I said, you watch out, 120 years from now, danger is coming. And I think I'd just do the math in my head. I'd be like, oh, I'm not too worried about it. There's going to be a nuclear war 120 years from now. I'm not, too, I'm not building a bomb shelter for that. So I don't know if that's what the people felt like, but they still function. And, and last time I checked, every day I eat, you too. Every day we drink. Only get married, hopefully not every day, that would be bad. But I mean, you're just eating and drinking all the time and marrying once and in giving in marriage, they just went about their daily business and Christ says they didn't even see what was coming. So now he gives us another example. Two men will be taken. Uh, two men will be in a field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with a millstone or a hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. So what's Jesus' point in this story? 
you can't even tell the difference between the people who are aware of what's going on. They're just going about their business. This is what people did. They, they worked in a field. They worked as farmers. They worked in millstones. And some are going to be taken for judgment, and some are going to be taken to heaven. Like, that's kind of serious, and it's not something we usually think about at the Christmas season. I don't think we have too many songs about judgment, except the one about any song about Santa Claus, because he knows when you're sleeping. He knows what you do at night. I mean, besides Santa Claus songs, no other song is really about judgment. It's just this, it's just the greatest time of the year, this enjoyment, and what they're saying is you've got to be ready and watch out. Now, our final example, therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known on what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch, and it would not have let his house be broken into, so also you must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect. This is not that tricky, is it? Is this like deep theological things? You're saying, okay, Jesus is coming again. Do we know when Jesus is coming again? No. So what's the point? Everyone's afraid. Just be ready because you don't know. Let me give you an example here. Does anyone recognize this product? I'm letting it sink in here. It's available in multiple colors. So if you're looking for a Christmas gift, this is called the ostrich pillow. If you want to see it in action. This is available today. I, I have a feeling they have not sold out. It's $72 on sale from $99, and the idea, I don't know if I have the third picture or not, I don't. I don't have the third picture, those alien holes, so like right now you can look like a grasshopper, (laughs) and the the eye holes for the grasshopper head are for your hands to go in so that you can take naps. Does anyone have one of these? I think it could take napping to like a whole new level, right? If you, but what would be the point of the ostrich pillow? Like why would they name it the ostrich pillow? Obviously is when you see ostriches, they don't actually do this. This is super disappointing in my research. They don't bury their head in the sand. They're just like they're rooting around for something. They're not actually burying their head in the sand. But that ruins the story. So let's just pretend that ostriches, when danger comes, just put their head in the sand. Okay? And that's the idea with this. This blocks out all distractions. You don't have to worry about anything. And I think that's the simple point that we they have today. We get ready for Christmas. We get ready for Advent. And how many of us kind of bury our heads and think about those things rather than the things that really matter? I, I, do you, or do you spend more time worrying about like making sure the cookies are just right rather than trying to make sure like the fe- thinking about like the feast that never ends? I mean, do you do you worry about like hey kids, let's make sure everything is just right for you on Christmas for one day? How much time do you spend getting ready for the day when Christ comes again? And if you're anything like me as a dad, I always think I've got time. I think all I've, I've got nothing but time. And I even, think that it, 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 I even think that when it comes to Christmas, this is not a surprise when Christmas comes, is it? Are you always ready with your stuff when Christmas comes? If you are, you're a dork. No, no, that's not true. That's not true. Like, but most of us, we actually totally know when Christmas is going to come and we're just not ready for it. Like, the, you know, you push it back because I got nothing but time. And if I think about like, the to-do lists I make in a singular day, if I got half of what I say I'm going to do, like in the morning, my to-do list is awesome. I'm like, you know how good it would feel if I do these seven things? And then the day gets done, how many of those seven things you get done? Two. Make to-do list. 
And then number, you know, like the seventh one is make-do list for tomorrow. Like that's the, I mean, that's what happens. You, you just don't get this stuff done. And we have this idea that um, I'm always going to have time to sit down with my kids and talk about Jesus coming again and what that looks like. I'm always going to have time to start uh, family devotions again. I, I say that to myself as a pastor. I'm always going to have time. I'm always going to have time to have a routine. I'm just talking kids here to sit down with my kids at night and, and go through prayers. You know, I'm always going to have time to do this, but then how much time do we have? It just like slips away. And so do you spend more time getting ready for this idea of Christmas so they have a great memory when you're missing the bigger point, that Christ is going to come again, and why is he coming again? Judgment. Like Christ's second coming is a serious, it's a big deal. And so the Christian church here is set up so that at least once a year we remind ourselves again and again that you have to be ready for Jesus coming. But is it something that we're worried about? I talked to the kids. No, there's anticipation. Why is there anticipation? Because Jesus came in a manger and he's born and he's born for you. And he got a crown not of majesty but a crown of thorns. And he didn't have a scepter but instead he had nails in his hands. He did all these things so that you do not have to worry when this day comes. It's not something you have to fear and you have to worry what would Jesus' message be when he comes again? If he had like one sermon, if Jesus had one sermon theme, what do you think it would be when he shows up again? I think it'd be no more. Because when you read in the scriptures, when Jesus comes again, there's no more. There's no more Parkinson's disease. There's no more cancer. There's no more uh, bills. There's no more auto pay. There's no more commitment Sundays. There's no more shoes that don't feel very good. There's no more deodorant. There's no more plucking, and there's no more shavings or love handles. Like, that's all gone. There's no more glasses. There's no more, like, putting contacts in. There's no more, like, receding hairlines. There's no more whining kids, and there's no more disappointment, and there's no more uh, taxes. There's no more politicians. I think we should just end right there. <laughs> like a, Heaven is a magical place. You know, like they, like they, just think about this. Jesus is just saying there is no more. There's no more sickness and pain. There's no more hurt. There's no more bills that you haven't made. There's no more disappointed kids. There's no more expectations that haven't been met. And if you want to try and put all this expectation in Christmas, it's not going to deliver because it can't. The only anticipation that always delivers is Christ. And Christ says, prepare yourselves. Get ready with yourselves. And that's the whole point of your life. Because there's a day where Jesus comes for you. And once he came in weakness, but now he's going to come in strength. And once he was this servant, but soon he's going to come as the mighty king in the clouds, and the whole world is going to be on bended knee to recognize that this is the Savior. Once he came to bring salvation, now he comes to bring judgment. Once he came to die, next time he comes to bring you to life. So as you get ready, and that's all I'm saying, how do you get ready? Think about what you're doing this Advent season with yourself and with your family and say, Are, we don't have that much time. Am I ready for Christ to come again? It seems like it's an ordinary day, right? Think about that. I, and, uh, it seems like just the, the average day. It's not like there's this anticipation. We always have these buildups for these big days, but think of 9-11. It was a Tuesday, I think. Most of you remember where you were at the time. Do you remember what, the morning? Do you remember waking up thinking, this could be a weird day? No. That's how it's going to be when Christ comes again. Suddenly, we just have no idea, and I think we have to just lay everything aside and say we don't have time. Let's just say, Christ, are we ready for you to come? 
Absolutely, because our Savior has come and taken our sins away. So we look with anticipation. Come, as we sang, O long-expected Jesus. Amen. Uh, Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there's so many distractions in this world. There's so many things. We could talk in hours and hours about all the distractions we have. A season meant to honor your birth can be a season even with more distractions. So we pray that this year we, we recognize it really isn't about presents, it really isn't about parties, it really isn't about feasts, but instead we're preparing our hearts and our minds for your coming and because you're coming to take us home. We ask this in your name. Amen.